Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm haunted by a man named Frank Schaefer. Now, Frank Schaefer, he's still living. He is an outspoken atheist and author. He's written a whole series of books intended to debunk faith in its traditional forms. He himself comes out of a conservative, traditional Christian upbringing. But now he has devoted his life's work in many ways to disavowing that faith. But that is not why he haunts me, not in itself. See, Frank Schaefer is the son of a man by the name of Francis Schaefer. And maybe some of you have heard of Francis Schaefer. He was uh, one of the, the giants of Christianity in the 20th century. He was this great intellectual philosopher, theologian, author. He wrote books like The, the God Who Is There and How Then Shall We Live, all sorts of, of books uh, to edify and to encourage Christians of all stripes. He was an incredible leader within Christianity for the better part of a century. And that's why I'm haunted by his son, Frank. Because I'll just be honest with you, I'm, I'm a pastor, right? And pastors, of all people, had better be able to raise up their kids in the faith. I mean, imagine if there was a veterinarian whose dog wasn't housebroken, right? You'd say, okay, I don't know if I can trust this guy. So pastors, of all people, better be able to transmit the faith to the next generation. And if I see somebody like Francis Schaefer, this incredible leader, this steadfast teacher of Christianity, if even he was not successful in bringing his son into the church, well, what help is there for, for a schmo like me? Why do I bring this up? Because today is, is Christian Education Sunday, and it's an opportunity for us as a church, as individuals, as parents, as Sunday school teachers, as, of, of teachers of all kinds. It's a chance for us to step back and to reflect on this ministry of the church, of teaching God's children his teaching. And really, it's even broader than that. It's not just about Sunday school and confirmation. That's important, but it's broader than that. It's really about parenting even, and grandparenting, how we as believers pass the faith on to the next generations. And, well, as I look out here this morning, I know that many of you are at different walks of life when it comes to the, this task of teaching God's children is teaching. For one thing, many of you are children, and you still are growing in God's truth and grace. And we love you and are so grateful that you are here with the body of believers. Others of you, like me and Anne, are in the thick of it right now, and you're still raising kids, and you're still bringing them up, nurturing them in the faith. Some days, it's just this beautiful, delightful time. You see the joy in the kids' faces, and other times, you want to light your hair on fire. It's all of those things. Others of you are at that stage of life where you're kind of empty nesters and the kids have just left or are about to leave the home. And so you're wrestling with, what does it look like for me to be a parent to them now? And, and still others of you, the, your kids are grown up and they've had kids. You have grandkids and you realize it turns out the work of parenting doesn't stop. It just keeps going, even though they are adults. And still others of you never have had kids of your own, but maybe you're godparents, or you, you show love to the kids who are your neighbors or nieces, nephews. Each of us, in our own way, are involved and know what it's like to live with this task of, of trying to hand the faith down to the next generation. 
And if you're anything like me, and I suspect that you are, you have heard that finger-wagging voice of the law in your heart and mind that says, you could have done better. You messed this up. That sense that, you know, maybe you, you tried your hardest, but what if, what if we hadn't done this move? Or what if I hadn't said that thing? Or what if I had come down harder in that occasion? Or what if I hadn't come down so hard? We all hear that voice in our minds and in our hearts that says, you haven't measured up. You haven't done a good enough job as a Christian parent, grandparent, teacher, whatever it might be. Is there any hope for schmoes like you and me? We need to turn to our Lord. And our reading for today, this is the appointed reading for Christian Education Sunday. It seems a little bit strange, the gospel that we heard, because it doesn't actually say anything about education, at least not in the conventional sense. It's this picture of parents bringing kids to Jesus. What does this have to do with Christian education and the, the task of teaching God's children his teaching? And it even starts more strangely than that. It starts with a rebuke. Now, rebukes happen a lot in the Gospels. Jesus is rebuking stuff all over the place. He's rebuking demons and saying, get out of him. He's rebuking storms and saying, be at peace, be still. He's rebuking the Pharisees and the religious leaders for leading people astray. There's rebukes all over the place. But in this instance, it's the disciples who are doing the rebuking. And who are they rebuking? Parents bringing their kids to Jesus. And you think, what? That is so strange. Why in the world would they be doing that? You'll never see a, a pastor out front saying, hey, you there, with your kids, just turn back, all right? Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. That doesn't happen. And we have uh, deeply ingrained in us this intuitive sense that the Lord came and he welcomes the children to himself. But the disciples weren't so sure. And it could be that they should have known better, be that as it may. They don't in this instance. Why is it that they rebuke these parents, that they want to turn them and their kids away? Well, I suspect it's something like this. That they have a sense that God, ooh, he's a grown-up God. Okay? And this Jesus, this Lord right here, he's not one to mess with. That's right. If you're going to come to him, you better be eating your vegetables and reading the newspaper. And not the funny papers either. You've got to be a grown-up person with grown-up cares and responsibilities and concerns. You've got to be somebody who takes your faith seriously. And when you come to the Lord, oh, if you're going to come to this Jesus right now, you better have your poop in a group. It's quite an image, but my mom always said that. You better have yourself together when you come to this Lord. So they rebuke the parents and their children coming to them. And Jesus' response, yeah, that's right. You better stay away from me. I don't have time for you, little ones. Nothing of the kind. Jesus instead says, guys, back off. Let these children come to me. Or in the immortal words of the King James, suffer the children to come to me, right? Let these little ones come to me because this is who the kingdom of God belongs to. Understand what Jesus is saying there. He's saying not that they don't need him or that they're already blessed apart from him, but it's like he's saying the kingdom of God is the rightful property of these little ones. See, 
They are the unknown heirs, the the sons and daughters of the king. And now they are coming to claim this reign and rule for themselves. And Jesus is saying, don't stop them. Let them come. This is who I came for. And in fact, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will by no means receive it or enter it. This is who I am. This is how I came for. Stop playing bodyguard to me. I don't need you to do that, see. Because this is who Jesus is. He receives those little children. He blesses them. This is what he wants to do. And this, at the heart of it, at the the essence of it, is what Christian education, Christian parenting, formation is all about. It's bringing God's children to God's son. It's bringing God's children to God's son. That's what it boils down to. And that's not to neglect or to negate the importance of all the body of teaching that we want to pass on and the way we want to to inculcate proper discipline and understanding of, of how to live as Christians. All of those things are important, but at its essence, it's about bringing God's children to God's son. Or if I can use a bad analogy, which is what I majored in in college. We're like the, the hunting dogs for the Lord. And we go out and we find these helpless creatures and we pick them up, we bring them back, and we lay them at the feet of our master. We say, Pastor, does that mean that God is shooting the children down and then we're, no, okay, every analogy breaks, that's why it's a bad analogy. But the main thing I want to instill into your mind is this idea of we're going out and simply picking up those kids, whether they are six or 60, and laying them at the feet of the Lord's mercy, bringing God's children to God's son. What does that look like at its essence? I read a story by another teacher, theologian of the church, a guy by by the name of Rod Rosenblatt, who is still living. He's out. He teaches at Concordia, Irvine in California. And he tells a story. He was brought up in a a faithful, pious Christian home. His parents loved him, taught him the, the truths of the faith, but he got into his teenage years and as happens sometimes, had started to reject everything that his parents had taught him. I don't know about all this gospel mumbo-jumbo. I don't know if this is really real for me. See. Well, so Rod, he's 16 years old, and his dad lets him borrow his prized Buick 8. And Rod goes out joyriding with his buddies and crashes it, totals it. And now he is deathly afraid. He's, he's fine. He walks away from it fine, but he's deathly afraid. What's his dad going to say? He calls his dad up. Dad, I got into an accident. And the first thing that his father says, are you okay? Later that night, Rod goes home and he's sitting with his dad in his study and he's just, he's weeping and he's crying before him. What is dad going to say to me? I destroyed his, his beloved Buick. And what his father says to him is this. How about tomorrow we go out and get you your own car? And Rod Rosenblatt says that in that moment, the gospel that he had always heard talked about, this message of God's grace, it became real for him as he recognized, oh, this is what it's about. I make a mess and you still love me. And forgive me. 
Now, I know what you want to say, and I want to say the same thing when I heard that. Well, but, but what about teaching them right and wrong? What about making sure that they, they learn the lesson? Rob Rosenblatt says, do you think that the law wasn't doing its worst on my heart in that moment? Do you think that I wasn't feeling it to the depth of my soul how I had made a mess of things? What I needed to hear more than anything was that message of unconditional love and grace from my heavenly father and from my earthly one. Teaching Christian education is simply bringing God's children to God's son, laying them at the feet of his mercy. So what does this mean for you and me? Let me give you four things here briefly. First of all, the hard word. The truth is that you and I have failed as parents, as grandparents, as, as Christians in doing this. We have. None of us do this as we ought. None of you loves your children perfectly, passes the, the faith on incorruptibly. Not a single one of you do that. We prioritize the wrong things. We put things before Christ that shouldn't be there. Like it says in the first commandment, we should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. You have failed to do that, and I have too. We need to hear that and to be honest with ourselves about that. But secondly, and more importantly, even where you have failed, even where you have tripped up as a parent, a grandparent, as, as a Christian, you have a Father in heaven who loves your kids even more than you do. Some days you think, how could that be possible? How could anyone or anything love my kids more than me? But you have a Father in heaven who loves your kids even more than you do. And you have a Savior who is more faithful to them than you and I ever could be. So that all in the midst of our failures, in the midst of all the things that we don't do as a, as a father, as a mother, as parents to Christian kids, as grandparents, there you have a loving father who meets us in the gap, who is caring for them even more than we ever could, and who sees all of our failures, all the ways that we didn't love and that we haven't shown mercy when we ought to have shown mercy, and there he is to give grace, to show mercy, to receive those kids as his own. Take heart that when you don't love your kids well, still you have a father in heaven who does. See? But then here's the third thing I want to say. For especially when you become a parent, something happens in your heart and in your mind, and I think it goes for the rest of your life, that suddenly that becomes your primary identity. I'm not a kid anymore. I'm a grown-up. See, just true. I mean, I hope it's true. But don't forget this. Never neglect this. That you are ever and always a child of God before you are a parent of God's children. You with me? You are ever and always a child of God before you are a parent to God's children. And you also need and receive grace from the Father. He continues to bring you week by week. The Holy Spirit brings you in all of your failure and your sin, your, your inability and your insufficiency. The Spirit brings you to the mercy seat of the Son and the love of the Father, and lays you there once again. As we are gathered together, and God says, I forgive you, I love you, I receive you back. You say, Father, I've made a mess of it again, I've, I've made a wreck. And he says, you are my child, I love you, don't forget that. See, 
In the midst of all of your your parenting woes and your failures to educate as you want to and to transmit the faith, know that you yourself are a child of God. You have a father who loves your kids even more than you do, and you have a Lord who brings you into his presence continually and lays you at his mercy. And one more thing I want to say to come back to, to where we were a few moments ago. There's that old expression that it takes a village to raise a child. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. But you know what? It takes a church to raise a child of God. It takes a church to raise a child of God. The best parent cannot do it as a solitary endeavor. We all have too many weaknesses and failures. But together, as the body of Christ, as the family of faith, we're able to to bring these little ones into the love of the Lord. And I'm not just talking the little ones who happen to be just kind of crawling around. I'm also talking about the little ones who might be working with a walker or a wheelchair. We are all little ones before the Lord, and we have a shared responsibility and privilege as the people of God to bring one another to God's Son, to bring Him into the presence of His mercy. It's a task for each and every one of us. I mean, think back to when you were a kid and the the people that had the most formative place in your faith life. It wasn't just your parents, but I I think Bob Hoftailing, my Sunday school teacher, I don't remember a single specific thing that Bob taught me, but I do remember that he loved me and that he showed me God's love. It was part of the family of faith. You can think of many people the same, and you yourselves have that role in our church as together we bring God's children to God's Son. What a high and holy work. And you know what? Sometimes they wander, and sometimes they stray. But even then, there is a father who is pursuing them and who loves them. And when they come back, he will always receive them back and say, it doesn't matter how bad of a wreck you've made of it. I love you and you are mine. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We stand to sing.